Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, today we're talking about how to get unstuck, happy, and balanced as a midlife entrepreneur and nutrition coach. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle, with over a million downloads and counting. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach, midlife mentor, and I am so glad to be here with you again. I can't wait for you to meet my amazing guest and past client today. I love to celebrate and share huge client wins which are just so motivating, inspiring, and easy to relate to. You'll see that today. And my guest's area of expertise is something that can be so confusing, midlife nutrition. So let's dive in. Today's podcast episode is basically about how to get out of your own way. We're talking about how to go from feeling stuck and frustrated to joyful because you have more work-life balance than ever before. My guest this week is Amy Wilson. Amy is a board-certified geriatric pharmacist, a certified fitness professional, and a certified nutrition coach who is disrupting the diet industry and helping her clients take their health back. To be happier herself, she got off the dieting roller coaster and started using science to help lose inches and prevent disease. Amy became an entrepreneur and helps other women get off the roller coaster too and quit seeing their worth as the number on the scale. In today's episode, Amy shares both her client success story, as well as some amazing perspectives about how diet and exercise can change your life, even now in midlife. So as a busy entrepreneur, Amy was getting in her own way and was frustrated and unable to see her way forward to the balanced lifestyle she was craving. This is so common. A lot of the times you hear people talking about work-life balance and they don't even think it's possible. They don't think it's a thing. So I love that Amy uh, tells you what her experience was. So coaching together, she was able to get unstuck and finally move forward to more happiness, success, and way more fun. So she explains exactly what was keeping her stuck in our interview and how she got that balanced lifestyle. Now, as a midlife nutrition coach, Amy's mission is to empower and equip her clients to take charge of their health and find balance in their lives. With over 30 years of experience, Amy specializes in developing individualized health plans that navigate through her clients' individual barriers, allowing them to be successful in their efforts. Amy is so passionate about helping people prevent and reverse diseases with nutrition and fitness. She shares how the right nutritional program can be the key to improving your health and fitness. Amy has seen her clients reverse their pre-diabetes, diabetes, diabetes, high cholesterol, and more. She's driven to help her clients feel in control of their body and mind while no longer feeling enslaved by their scale. You're going to get so much out of this episode, so enjoy. Hi, Amy. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Susie, I am so excited to be here on this podcast with you. Me too. You know, you're such a great example of of how great things can happen when the internet somehow brings people together. And I don't even remember how, how we met. What was it? Do you, do you know? 
I do. I was following you on Instagram and you posted something about, I'm looking for guests on my new podcast. Is anybody interested? So I'm like, what the hell? I will reach out to you and see if I would be somebody because you were looking for entrepreneurs and who were feeling stuck at that moment in time. And everything that you said was, yes, I'm stuck and I need to get unstuck. And this is a good way to possibly get unstuck. So I filled out this, um, the questionnaire that you did and I was on your new podcast. I think we taped that had been several months ago. Yeah. Yeah. The new one, which isn't out yet, but when you're listening to this episode, who knows? It might be out. It's called Women in the Middle Entrepreneurs. And I was so excited to meet you because you have so much amazing information for women in the middle that I knew you'd be perfect for this podcast, which has been out for a while now. And we haven't done that much work on what you do, what you offer to the world and how you're helping women. So with you, I love your story of why you were stuck too, because let me tell you, I've been watching your social. Doesn't look stuck to me. (laughs) Very was. It was. So good. So we've been working together for a while now and uh, watching what's going on with you is is just so fun to watch. So let's start by talking a little bit about that, how you can love what you're doing, but still feel a little bit stuck in aspects of what you're doing. Well, like, you know, and how you tell us all the time is that we do get in our own way and our beliefs and some of the things that we think we can't do or can do. And honestly, Susie, you called me on my BS. You you really did because when we had a conversation, I was so thinking that my business had to be social media or had to be Instagram or had to have so many followers. And I was almost paralyzed and the fun wasn't there anymore. And it was about how many followers you have and how many likes you have. And and it wasn't about the fun. It wasn't about helping people as as much as it was about the metrics. And you asked me was, well, why are you putting so much, so, so much investment or so much time or thinking that Instagram is the way you have to grow your business? Well, dang, why? I I couldn't answer the question. Well, because everybody's doing that. I don't know. But I realized that just because everybody's doing that, that that's not necessarily what I need to do. And I need to find who I was, my voice, what resonated with me, not looking at everybody else. And then looking at everybody else was causing analysis paralysis. It was causing me to get in my own way. It was causing me to be self-doubting. And I was almost obsessed with the metrics. And when I started looking at that and going, you know what? I need to find the joy. I need to find the balance because that was a big thing that you and I talked about was balance. I need to shut things off. I need to be able to watch Star Trek with my husband who, <laughs> or, you know, and, and do things with him and go outside and not just put all my time and energy into growing, growing my business. And I think that conversation I had with you was so, it was eye opening. You called me out. It was realizing that I was bottlenecking myself. I was causing the exhaustion, the just feeling the overwhelmingness just because of feeling I couldn't do anything and realize that really I did have the power to do stuff. I just had to pivot, change, change the direction. And when I found balance and started doing things, it's like, 
rainbows, Hello Kitty, and everything opened up. And it, and the, how you feel and the energy you can bring to everything, including Instagram now, the what I bring and I got some other help with those things too, was to realize I don't have to do everything on my own, that sometimes it is the best thing you can do is reach out for help. And I'm thankful I reached out to you. I'm thankful you said, hey, I think I can help you get through this and find balance. And everything just kind of clicked since then. It's, it's, I'm getting chills and goosebumps because wow. of that, because sleep is better. The relationship with the hubby is better. It's, we're doing things. I'm, I'm going to a four day, um, music festival in September, old Amy would said, no, I got to work on my business. I got to make sure I'm here for my, for my trainings. And it's like, you know, new Amy's like, you know what, this, we can make this work and go have fun. And oh my gosh. We forget about the fun. I know you and whale watching. I know you're like, oh. that's just one of your things, <laughs> right? But we forget about that. We have to have the fun to have the balance so that we can do the things that we also love to do. That's it. Exactly. And I think, you know, there's a lot of heaviness with this concept of work-life balance. It seems out of reach for many, but also I don't even think we have a clear understanding of what we're talking about. And that's the thing with work-life balance is that it's subjective. It can mean whatever you need it to mean, but it's usually something that is not the way you want it to be. So then you have to really think, well, what does that mean to me? What do I want more, more of in my life? And how can I be happier at my job when I'm the boss? I mean, my son has asked me a question about that too. When I, I, uh, talk about podcast obligations and my schedule to create the episodes and he's like, but aren't you in charge of that? Can't you just skip one? Can't you just do this or that? And, you know, I, I say, no, I can't. I committed to a, a, a calendar and he's like, but you could, right? And so even just remembering that I have created this calendar and that the man, the big boss, I'm, it's not a J-O-B where somebody is telling me what to do, but there is more wiggle room. So it, with you, the way you were describing what you wanted, you were really lost in it. And I'm also glad that you mentioned compare and despair because looking at what other people are doing on Instagram, in podcasts, you know, just even at conferences, wherever it is you're gleaning this information what you make it mean can really, really affect you in a negative way. And I guess the one question I have for you, because you were really being affected by what you were seeing on Instagram and metrics, is there is there anything else in your life where you see that same pattern where metrics or or the minutiae, like where you're in the weeds and it's you're not really seeing the full picture or you're really affected by what somebody else is doing or what you think they're doing? <laughs> I think as, as women, we're always comparing always. And, 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 and so I am a full-time pharmacist, long-term care pharmacist consultant. And then I also have my nutrition business on the side, which is also full-time. And I think, you know, when you're in the corporate world, they're comparing you and, you know, the KPIs and that is just the way things are. And I think in life, you're looking at, it's almost like keeping up with the Joneses. Well, they have a, this kind of car or they have this kind of. And, and I think we're always, we're, no matter what we're doing, we're always comparing. The problem is, is when the comparing gets in the way. Totally. It often gets in the way. Yeah, but the one way. thing I, one thing I like to know, uh, to note about comparing is if there's something that you notice that you feel envious about, then that can be a clue as to what you really want. 
And then once you recognize it as a clue and not some big negative mark on your personality or character, then you can just be curious. Well, why do I want that? How can I get that? You know, just be more curious and open as to what it is that has your knickers in a knot, you know? (laughs) I I love that because being curious is what's helped. Being curious is kind of dissecting everything and saying, okay, this is what I can do. This is what I can't do. This is what I'm willing to do. This is what fits. And if it doesn't fit, it's okay. It's okay to let it go. It's okay to realize that, okay, that's not who I am or that's not part of me. And just because it's working for them doesn't mean it's going to work for for me. I'm different. I'm not the same person as somebody else is, which is good. I mean, if everybody was the same person, how boring is that? So it's totally right. So I think that curiosity really lights the spark again too. Being curious and, hey, how's this going to work? Or maybe maybe I should go this direction. And looking at it, it's not the it's not the analysis paralysis where you're just looking and looking at this person and this person and this person and this person and being like, why can't I be this way? It's kind of dissecting and going, okay, baby steps, baby steps. And just like we work through all our stuff with, with you, it's baby steps. Okay, how how is this going to work? How can you implement and then at the end, it's always, so on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel? <laughs> or one to five. <laughs> and and knowing that you can do those baby steps and then implement. Yeah. Any day of the week, you know? Yeah. It's so good. What do you think was the main thing that you're doing differently now with Instagram in particular that's, you know, that that's okay with you now? How are you thinking about it differently? Because you have, there's a lot of energy and lightness um, to what you're doing on Instagram. It's not seeing it as the enemy anymore. Ah. And, and it's, it's just one platform that I'm using. It's not the end all be all. I have a website now where before when we were talking, I didn't have a website. I'm doing blogs. Here's me writing. What? You know, my 20 year old self in college been like, you got to be crazy. You're actually writing papers <laughs> on purpose, right? So I'm doing blogs, which bring me joy, but all of that can funnel over to Instagram. The things that bring me joy, the podcast, the, the website, the blogs, starting my YouTube channel, all of those can funnel over into Instagram instead of being Instagram being the main focus, the main point. And because it, and that's what was causing all the issues that I thought that's what had to be important. That was what's important. When I realized that, you know what? It's just one platform. It's just one. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And the other thing is yeah. that you, you don't own it and on your website, no. right? That's why I, I talk to a lot of clients about the importance of blogging. It helps you find your voice, establish mm-hmm. foundational content. The content can be leveraged. It helps you with traffic and SEO. There's so many reasons to blog and For you, there was this thought, I'm not a writer. Yeah. Now I do. How about that? Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm I'm so far ahead. I have all my blogs set until the end of July. I've written so much. So yeah, it's it's crazy. (laughs) And then that's content for my YouTube channel because then it becomes a vlog. So it's just, it's, it's finding that spark and that joy that was missing when I talked to you the first time. Oh my gosh, that's so good. So um I I just want to mention that that's weeks in advance because I don't know when this podcast episode is going to come out, but right now yeah. for you to be that far ahead, it's like at least a month ahead. That, that's unbelievable. And that's gold for most entrepreneurs to be able to get ahead in something that they used to 
procrastinate or have a lot of doubt about, it's amazing. I used to hate it. And it, and it's sitting down to, and I have an hour where I create content, an hour a day. And I used to absolutely hate it. And now it's, I made a reel in 10 minutes today that was just fun. I just put it out there, not worrying about if people will like it, not worrying about if it goes viral. It was a salsa song. I used to be a Zumba instructor. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to salsa. And that it was just spark joy. And that's what I'm going for. If it sparks joy, maybe it'll resonate with somebody else. Maybe somebody else will see, okay, I want that joy. I want to feel good again in my own skin. I don't want to be this almost like you're flailing and and going in circles or just treading water that we can find that spark in midlife. We can, and, and we worry so much about what the younger people are doing. Who cares? Who cares? They're not our competition. We're meant to, we're meant to have a great second half. Who cares what the younger ones are doing? Let's just be us and, and enjoy this time of life when, when we can, because some of our other commitments are not there anymore. Well, exactly. But also what you said is, like leaning into your gifts and talents. And, and I know this sounds really coachy, but like it really helps you not just be relaxed and confident, but you leaning into salsa. You just mentioned casually that used to be a Zumba instructor. You know how many people would love to be able to dance comfortably, exercise with dance comfortably. And you, you just kind of set it by the by, but I mean, it could be a, a, a part of your public persona, your personal mm-hmm. brand, just leaning into your gift. I mean, you know how much I talk about whale watching? Yeah. At first, I thought it needed to be compartmentalized into passion or into hobbies or into some little part of who I was and not necessarily part of my brand. But what it represents is me giving myself permission to do something I love. Me allowing myself to be all nerdy and weird about knowing an awful lot about whales, (laughs) an awful lot. And me giving myself permission to spend money on going whale watching if I happen to be at a retreat or a workshop or something near the water. It's just self-care at its best, I think, you know, and by leaning in, I remember you yeah. And I remember you saying that you went someplace and it's like, you know, you, you're went, I forget where you went, but there was uh-huh. a whale watching opportunity and you're like, oh, and this, I, this is so me. Oh, but how much more money do I have to spend yes. afterwards? How much is this going to cost? How much time? And then you're like, you, and that really resonated with me because I was doing that with doing, doing the, um, the music fest. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Because I, Duran Duran, I'm sorry. I'm going to age myself. I love Duran Duran. We love and aging all, around here. We I love, love aging. I love Duran Duran. <laughs> and it's, and they are, I've never seen them. They, I was too young when they were, my parents would not let me go to concerts. Um, and now I have the opportunity at 52, I'll be 53 when I see them to see them. And I, my husband, I always, I told him, I said, you understand the 16 year old girl is going to come out big time during this concert. And he's like, he's like, I can't wait to see 16 year old Amy. But it was the same thing that you were talking about with whale watching is that you're like, you're trying to check off boxes to make sure it's something that is rational. And sometimes we have to realize that rational sucks. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? The story you're referencing is it was a Southern California thing. I had Mm. some kind of a retreat. And I didn't even look on a map to see where it was, but wherever it was, it had the word beach in it. So I'm like, well, that's probably on the water. If <laughs> the name of the town, maybe I should look it up. 
And then it's very easy to find whale watching on the coast of Southern California. And I quickly looked it up. It was a 15 minute cab ride. And then the question was, you know, that means I have to go a day early. That's an extra dinner. It's an extra transportation, an extra hotel ride. The plane is the same. Like I had to do all that stuff that you're Mm. saying. And it seemed like by now, maybe this was about, this was about five years ago, five or six years ago. I would have thought it would have been more routine for me to think like that by then because I'd been working on it, but it still wasn't because it still felt indulgent. Yeah. And sometimes we think indulgent means that we shouldn't be doing it. And I find that with my clients that they don't want to take care of themselves because they're taking care of everybody else and thinking about everybody else first. And I think one finding me find balance for me, I'm a better coach. I show up better on social media. I show up better actually in my pharmacy job too, because that's now that the the spillover effect spills over onto everything. Not only my 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 side job or, or I say my other full time job, everything benefits. It really does. Well, I have a feeling you wouldn't have even made a reel that had to do with salsa if you hadn't been focusing on allowing yourself to have a little more fun and really mm. just relaxing into who you really are. I mean, I, I agree. I totally agree. I, I don't think you would have thought because you weren't asking yourself, yourself the question, how can I make this more fun? Mm. I was just asking what, what's, what, what's going to get, what is going, the, what numbers are people going to see? What's going to cause the clicks and, and there you can't control that. So you might as well have fun doing it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay. Now, speaking about your clients and weight loss and metabolism and all that stuff, tell me a little bit about what you do and why it's so important to help women like this at this point in our lives. So I consider myself a midlife nutrition coach of helping people who are going through perimenopause, menopause, and after. So why this is so important to me, this is where my pharmacy has kind of collided with my fitness and nutrition background. I've been in fitness since I was 16, teaching classes. I was considered an exercise addict. Go figure, my personality, right? That's so, what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I blew my back out when I was 29 from being an exercise addict. And it was out training, trying to out train a bad diet. In pharmacy school, in medical school, we are not taught nutrition. We aren't. So when I started back in the day, which most people can understand, leg warmers, leotards, Jane Fonda, it was the snack well revolution, fat-free revolution, right? We were yeah. doing all this stuff was fat-free. Well, the problem is with that came in sugar. So through the years, I've been really honing in on nutrition. And what was happening was I was noticing in my nursing homes, the average age of my residents going down and down and down. We're talking 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, where they used to be in the 80s and 90s. And it's all lifestyle diseases. It's diabetes, which causes renal failure. We have some early heart attack strokes, things that could possibly be prevented. And in myself, during my late 40s, going through perimenopause, hot flashes from hell, gaining weight like I couldn't figure out and everything I did before that I thought was supposed to be work, it didn't. Especially I was working out more. I was eating less. I'm getting bigger in, in, in my hips. The estrogen, of course, goes to your abs or your abdominal reason, region, and I'm getting getting not happy. One, I'm not sleeping. I'm freaking moody. 
put that with everything else and life was not good. So I found um, a program that I now coach and it was so enlightening because it put the science with everything. And being a pharmacist, I'm all about the science because it has to work. And the problem was with the beliefs that we were told, eating less, moving more. You needed to go do so much more cardio. Um, the things that Cosmo, Glamour, all those magazines that even, even Women's First, all those magazines that we look at and, oh, this person did before and after. And, and, and it wasn't until I realized the holistic approach that, and it's kind of like how you did the holistic approach with me with, with my bottlenecking is that we have to heal from the inside. We have to, we are one big chemical reaction. We have to give ourselves the right nutrition in order for those chemical reactions to work. Hang on. That is such a, that is such a great way to think about it. We, our bodies are one big chemical reaction. That message is not out there for sure. No, it's, it's not because we don't. And if you guys can remember maybe chemistry class and things blowing up or things, you give it the right (laughs) stuff and it blows up good and give the wrong stuff and it blows up. Well, that's what our food does. And what we, what we consume can affect, it also affects our DNA. It affects our gut, our gut microbiome, which you may have heard a lot about. And we can age backwards, believe it or not, not that we're, we'll grow older and that's fine because older and wiser, but our bodies don't have to succumb to diseases of aging. We don't have to feel, quotation, old. We can be amazing, live life to the fullest and thrive in our midlife and beyond because we really aren't meant to get old and decrepit. We aren't. But the things that we've done in our past have pushed us there. The things that we've done in our past have put us on that road. And so my mission is to help people to get off that path, get on a new path. Because when you feel good mentally, physically, uh, it's everything else snowballs and rolls over. And it's amazing when that does happen. Well, you know what, Amy, what I've noticed with women uh, in midlife is that a lot of times we're very disconnected to actually the physical part of feeling. So mm. it, what I noticed uh, with myself, even uh, when I first started doing mindfulness work was that I could tell the difference between I'm a little bit full and I'm a lot full. Mm-hmm. And that was uh a huge thing for me. I saw somebody eating a handful of nuts and she, she wasn't eating a handful. I was eating a handful. She was eating them one by one. That's what it was. I love it on the podcast. I always start telling a story and then I remember, you know what? That's not what happened. (laughs) So that was just one of those moments. Uh, Yeah. So she was eating them one by one and I questioned her about it because it was very slow and methodical. And she said, she's really, um, able to sense this way when her feeling state changes, when she starts to feel like she's had enough. Now that never even occurred to me. I had only eaten nuts, like take a handful of nuts and pop them in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Right. And also chocolate chips would be in the same category. Mm-hmm. And M&Ms. <laughs> All of those things, if it's small, you just take a bunch and pop them in. Um, so I thought that was interesting and I was very skeptical. I'm like, come on, if you eat one nut at a time, you're going to tell me that you're going to sense when you've had enough. And 
she said yes. And at that point, she challenged me to have sips of soup in the same fashion. And again, I thought, I'm not going to be able to tell one sip of soup to the next and really slowed it down. And I could tell. So what are some of the things that you're noticing about women believing that they can really feel when their body, if it's not like obvious, like having to run to the bathroom or something like that, you know, how are they doing in your, with your experience, with the ability to feel what's going on? I know it sounds so basic, but. Well, it does. Um, One mindset is huge. So that mindset shift into changing your identity, not changing your identity to, um, oh, I'm just getting old and it must be, this must be the way things are. It's no, I'm, I am in my second prime of my life and things are going to be amazing. So things that you will actually feel, you'll sleep better, more energy, less brain fog, pants go on better. Um, I know you've had underwear conversations. Lots of underwear conversations. underwear feels, it's like, this is always the one. Everybody's like, this must be, might be um, TMI, but the bra fits better. The underwear is no longer digging into your hips, right? You've lost inflammation, maybe less migraines, maybe less joint pain. So we have to get rid of the scale because the scale doesn't mean crap. It just means how much gravity is pulling you down. When you lose weight, it does not tell you if it's water, fat, or muscle. And more than likely it's muscle and we need muscle. Muscle is our fuel. Muscle muscle is our metabolism. More muscle we have, the higher our metabolism is. So when we are focusing on just that scale, you might be like, oh, I lost five pounds, but I don't feel any different. But when you focus on those non-scale victories and you're like, oh my gosh, I got so much more energy. Oh my gosh, I don't have to have that nap every day, or I don't feel like I'm crashing, or I can keep up with my kids, my grandkids, my puppies. I'm able, I was able to do the yard work. Those are things that you want to be focusing on because those are amazing. Maybe it's a marker that you went to your doctor and your blood sugar is better or your blood pressure is better. Those are, those are the things that are going to help you, not the scale. The not scale, the scale. So not your friend. Right. So it's not just about fullness, but it's about a broad range of things that you can start to notice and tie into what you're eating. Exactly. Exactly. And when you're fueling your body with nutrition, when you're fueling your body with the things that your body actually needs, your body is a smart cookie. It is smart. It is meant to survive and it will do it no matter what we do. But if we can help it, and it's kind of like when you have a, you know, you have a Ferrari and you put in the cheapest gas, well, you're not going to get anywhere. You have to put in that upper level gas for it to run well. It's the same with our bodies. Our bodies aren't meant to run on Snickers bars. Mm-hmm. They're meant to ro- run on nutrients, on protein, on fats, on carbohydrates, on, on, fiber on micronutrients that's found in fruits and vegetables. It is meant to function on real food, not ultra processed foods. Mm, Yeah. Like we, we think we know that, but I know one of the um, things that you talk a lot about is metabolism. And Mm -hmm. I have found that that's something that most of us uh, really don't know anything recent about. (laughs) Can, (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about why metabolism is a big deal at our age? So metabolism is huge. And actually, you're gonna you're not gonna believe the study that just came out that said our metabolism doesn't slow until we're 65. And all of us are gonna go, uh-uh, no, 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 no. My metabolism stopped at 30. And that's that is yes and no. We've done it to ourselves. 
So all the years of dieting that we have done, we have used muscle for fuel. Remember I said muscle is your metabolism. So if we lose muscle, yes, our metabolism slows down. Metabolism is what is how much your body does need to stay at a certain size. Um, Your metabolism is also how your body consumes energy. As we get older, the theory was that our metabolism slows down. We now know that's not right, but we have done things to slow it down. Dieting, not eating the right foods, and we have become sedentary. And sedentary has been told um, to be the newest smoking. That's how they're. That's how they're comparing being a sedentary lifestyle is 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 as bad or not worse than smoking. So we did a thing called, or we stopped doing a thing called NEAT. And NEAT is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. It is a fancy word for getting up and doing stuff. And that means doing laundry, mowing the lawn, running after the kids, the dogs. Well, what happens in you have kids, you become the you, you become the chauffeur and you're not playing, you're not outside, you're not walking around, you are driving them everywhere. As we get older, we're maybe having a desk job. We're sitting more. We're not outside doing stuff or we're not cleaning our house or we're not we're not doing things that's causing moving around. And we're still trying to lose weight. And so we eat less and we lose muscle. And therefore we have slowed the amount of energy that our body needs, slowing our metabolism. So what we can do is go outside, go for a walk. When you clean and you're vacuuming your house, know that you're doing it for a good purpose. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's not just, it's just not a daily chore. It's something to keep your body moving because our bodies crave movement. Our bodies actually crave that meat. And then the other thing is when you are fueling your body and you're giving your body the nutrition it needs, that also helps speed up your metabolism and it also helps develop and build muscle. And when we do that, the more muscle we have, the higher our metabolism is. So when it comes to movement, what <laughs> I always think of Costco as exercise because it is. <laughs> it's not just that it's huge because I'm pretty efficient when I'm in there. But, you know, you may there's stairs to get into my house yes. and I never bother with the boxes. So I, I might have to go up and down the stairs a few times and I'm like, it's OK, it's exercise. And I really had to work on my mindset about that years ago. Uh, because I realized I was just getting grouchy. Like I wanted to go to Costco, but I didn't want to unpack. But now I'm like, oh, it's exercise. It's good. It's all good. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's steps. It's steps. It's like, um, um, those, those laundry detergents are great ways. So true. It's so funny because yesterday I couldn't find my coffee cup and it was full of coffee. Like it was ready to go, fully right. loaded and even frothed. And I couldn't find it. And I walked around the house. I think I did at least seven laps going into the room, every place I was. Look for your coffee. Yeah, looking for it. And I thought to myself, wow, is this like a midlife moment? What's going on here? Like, I don't leave the house. I only go into a couple of rooms. Where the heck is it? So I, I'm like, I got to find it. So I did a couple more laps. And then I found myself thinking, that would make a great post. I did seven laps around my house and finally... Uh, found my coffee and and exercised at the same time. <laughs> got it. Yeah, you got those steps in. That's awesome. No, but I love what you're saying about just tweaking how we're thinking about it. But when it comes to food, food, man, we have really done a number on ourselves about uh, what we think is eating well to maintain a healthy body weight. It's not our fault. I mean, I, and that's that's why I don't understand is it's really not our fault. 
you have to realize that the food industry is a multi-million billion dollar industry. There are chemists who are employed at a lot of these places to make things almost craveable, to make something that is you can't live without. There's colors for packaging. There's mouthfeel. There's how it looks, how it tastes. And it's all to get you to buy more. And if they can stick a healthy label on it, like here in the US, like there are some companies who are really mad because the FDA has changed what is healthy. And they're like, wait, wait, we can't do this. People won't buy it because it won't taste good. It's not freaking healthy. So why should it say healthy? on? And then that includes Lean Cuisine and Healthy Choice and these things that we think are healthy. We've been told they're healthy. We want to believe that they're healthy, but they really aren't. And that's hard. And, but to know that it's, it's not, I don't want anybody to think like, oh, but I thought it's, it's okay. It's not your fault. But now, now that you're enlightened, now it's time to learn on the things that can help you, that can help prevent disease, that can help us be, be independent for a long, long time and not be dependent on care. Because the more that we can take care of our bodies, our temples, the better off we're going to be in years. Can you give us a couple of tips or guidelines on the kinds of foods uh, that we want more of in our lives? If it comes from the ground or comes from the mother, it's fair game. So think about your fruits, your vegetables, and people are going to say, but bananas, I'm going to say, but bananas are fine. It's but bananas, but then you're eating a Snickers bar. So explain, explain that to me, right? Bananas are fine. Potatoes are fine. Rice is fine. We have, we've really sometimes done a disservice on some foods that are absolutely healthy. We want that fiber. We want those nutrition, nutrients. We want those vitamins and minerals. So fruits and vegetables, great. Green leafy vegetables, amazing. Avocados, awesome. And then let's get into your meat. So your chicken, your your fish, your beef, great. Turkey, great. And then fats. Fats aren't the devil. They're they're amazing. It's it's either you don't do fats or you don't do carbs. It's usually one or the other. And those are those are fine. Avocado, avocado oil, um, extra virgin olive oil, olives, nuts, nut butters. All of those things are real food. And now I want to say, watch your nut butters because it's, I'm not talking about Peter Pan, the, the, the process stuff, the hydrogenated oils. But when you go to real food, it's amazing what all the things that you can eat that are so good and so flavorful. And it will help to balance your blood sugar. It will help to optimize your hormones. It will help your body to work better so that you actually feel amazing. And so you just think about real food, just things that are, I would say the perimeter around the grocery store, not the aisles. But, you know, that's, that's the best way to shop is just go around and get, get the stuff that has an expiration date. <laughs> and so what can you tell us about bread? Is there a way to consume bread that is better for your body? So it depends. So I have, I'm gluten sensitive, so I have to do gluten, um, gluten free. Now, what you have to watch though is gluten free does not mean more healthy, healthy. And that's, that's a lot of people think it's like, Oh, it's gluten free bread. Must, no, no, no. It's kind of like back in the day when we said fat free and everybody's like, Oh, snack wells must be no, 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 no. So what you want to look at is the fiber content of bread because you will see wheat bread, but it's really nothing but stripped white bread with a brown food coloring. So look at the ingredients, look at the amount of fiber it has, and that's going to tell you if it is a good bread. It should have three grams or more. 
And that's the kind of bread that you want. Now, bread is a filler. So just know that you know, you're getting some fiber, but you're not getting a lot of nutrition. So if you're trying to get all your carbohydrates from bread and pasta, eh, I would like to see more fruits and vegetables. If you're doing pasta, maybe do like a red lentil or chickpea pasta. That way you're getting fiber and protein. So bread absolutely can be incorporated. It just needs, it just, that's not the staple main thing that you're eating all day. And is it possible to find uh, those examples of pasta in mainstream grocery stores? Or? Oh, Barilla. Barilla has chickpea and red lentil. So, and they're both amazing. So yeah, and it, the thing about gluten-free now and that there is, there is a, market for it. So therefore every company has brought something out. Once again, right. you just have to do your research because gluten-free Oreos is still Oreos. <laughs> yeah. There's no way around the Oreo thing. No. And plus I can't even have dairy anymore. So there's no dipping. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The Oreos yep. just got sad. What can you do? Yeah. Uh, so I know, um, that so many of us, uh, think that we really should be eating less. And, and what you're saying is, not necessarily. You need to be eating better. Better. And the problem is, is that we go by calories and calories mm-hmm. is not the calories is not the source that we should be tracking. We should be tracking macronutrients, which is your fat, your protein, your carbohydrates. And please know that everybody is different. It depends on your age. It depends on your activity. It depends on your genetics. What's going to work best for you. And when you're going by calories, it's very easy to do 1200 and people, we think 1200 calories is all we need. We need more, but it's very easy to go, Oh, I'll have this 100 calorie pack and I'll have this 100 calorie pack, but you're not looking at the nutrition. And I can guarantee that you'll feel better, even if you don't want to track macros, if you have a protein, a fat, and a carbohydrate at every single meal, three to four times a day, you will see a huge difference. Don't worry about the calories. Don't worry about the calorie packs. Eat real food, whole food, and you will see an amazing difference. That's so good, Amy. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. How can we get more information from you? Well, you can go to my website, which I now have from our first time. Um, it's <laughs> www.amykwilson.com. And don't forget the K because Amy Wilson is a very popular name. And so, yeah, there's there's country singers and there's actresses. It's like, hey, but no, it's amykwilson.com. And if you would like to schedule a free 30-minute um consult with me, you can go to callwithamy.live and that's callwithamy.live. And you're also on YouTube, you mentioned? I'm on YouTube, the nutrition coach pharmacist, and you can find all my links on my on my webpage. So amykwilson.com has the links. It also has, you can email me, you can set up a call. It, ha- it has everything. Amazing. Amy, you've offered amazing perspective, which is I think what we really need perspective on this topic because it's so easy to really do the what you were doing with the business part when you were explaining how you were so focused on the metrics of Instagram. We can get very focused on calories and lose perspective of the big picture of really what it is we're trying to do, which is to stay healthy longer. <laughs> Absolutely. And I have to thank you because with getting rid of my bottleneck with getting rid of that entrepreneurial side that was causing me issues. It was also causing me issues with health. It was also causing me issues with my, what I was doing and to have the holistic approach, not only in my health and what I'm eating, but also in the mental aspect and having that all 360 degree kind of view 
the the lack of stress that I feel the and 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 believe me because that does a lot of things bottlenecking for us on how we're losing weight too is when your body doesn't know the difference between between stress it just knows stress and to have that happiness to have that balance just spills over to everything else so thank you thank you thank you for helping me with that because it's helped with my business it's helped me help others and be a better coach oh my gosh I'm sending you such love and appreciation for being such a coachable client and for doing such important work in the world. Amy, thank you so much for telling us all these things. We need to know more. That's for sure. One step, one bite, and one movement at a time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Susie. Okay, that's it for this episode. Amy had so much amazing goodness and insight to share. Her personal insight that we have to have the fun To have the balance we're looking for was gold. It is so true. Also, Amy shared how being really curious about her rationale for the way she was thinking about her options in her business and then being open to challenging them, how that was the thing that really led her to what she really wanted. So being curious and being open. And I love the way she described exactly what that process was like for her. And then setting the record straight about midlife metabolism. (laughs) So good. I hope this episode gave you lots of ideas and perspectives to consider to help you get what you want in your life too. Okay, now, as you know, this podcast is all about how to love your life again after 50. It's really about coaching you to be more intentional and incorporate mindfulness into your life as a regular practice. This is how you put yourself on your agenda. Now, my focus as your midlife coach is to help you get unstuck, clear, and focused on your current values and priorities so you don't have regrets. I can totally help you create the success you're looking for. That's why I created the Women in the Middle Academy with you in mind, because it's a warm, supportive, and fun coaching community of like-minded women who grow forward together so you can feel great about your roadmap to more fun, more meaningful, and a more regret-free next chapter. So email me your questions and let's talk about it and see if it's good for you. Go ahead and book your free no obligation momentum call at www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. If you want to take the podcast conversation to a whole new level, there's something new. You can join the Women in the Middle Podcast Club by heading over to susierosenstein.com and clicking the Podcast Club button. And if you're ready for more happiness and success in your life, head over to www.createhappinessnow.com and sign up for the next workshop. And if you're interested in cruising with me in February 2024, the Connection Cruise is waiting for you. Just email me at info at susierosenstein.com and put cruise in the subject line and you'll get an email with the next steps. There are limited spots, so make sure to take action now. And finally, for show notes and links, head over to www.susierosenstein.com and click the podcast tab and look for episode 321. That's episode 321. Thanks so much for listening. It's time for you to put yourself first one thought at a time. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.